In the name of a triune God of great love. Amen. Oh, my friends. Let's just begin with naming the fact that this is not the gospel I dreamed on unpacking with you on my last sermon here. That said, I have come to see that it is the right one. If the lectionary today had given us a warm, fuzzy Jesus, I would have been tempted to be rather sentimental and easy. But instead, we got a gospel where Jesus is pushing us, and in following him, we are called to brace ourselves and be prepared to be pushed. Did you notice a theme in today's readings? Maybe a little something about commandments, rules, laws, statutes. You know, those things that make every free spirit from 1960 on run screaming from organized religion. From the collect right through the gospel, we are given a sampling of civil and religious law. The epistle is a little bit of a stretch. Perhaps, but it still concerns the question of how we live our life and faith and who we follow. People do tend to follow, you know, whether we realize it or not. We follow. We follow rules, philosophies, practices, fashion, primal urges, people, commandments, news sources. We follow our local laws, hopefully. We follow our gut, if we are wise. We as Christians follow Jesus. And today, that Jesus is laying it on thick, pushing us to seriously investigate what we are choosing to follow. He saw simply, he saw people simply following the stated law as it was, whether it was a law of religion or society. But that wasn't, and still isn't, enough, right? Jesus said it wasn't enough to simply not be a murderer. For most of us, that's kind of easy. God's love is expressed fully when we choose to also not have a hateful heart toward anyone. It wasn't enough to simply offer a sacrifice First, go and make amends with those who we have harmed, and then make our offering with a cleaned-up heart. It wasn't enough to simply follow that rule about not committing adultery. The kingdom of God can only come to fruition when we stop objectifying people altogether, even if only with our eyes and our minds. It wasn't enough for men of Jesus' time to follow protocol and write a divorce certificate when they turned their wives out into the street. You see, unless she had her own source of wealth, that divorce certificate left her destitute. Jesus commanded more compassion than that. You get the point. This gospel is not a 21st century set of moralistic rules. It is a call to be more then the rules of our time and place, the rules of the world, ask us to be. A command from our God of love to do more than we are asked 
to do, especially when society has given us more voice and privilege than others. To whom much is given, much is to be expected. There is a stark difference between what society demands of us and what Jesus demands of us. The world asks us to spread ourselves thinner. Jesus asks us to go deeper. The world gives us access to more resources than most. Jesus tells us to use restraint and use less. The world asks us to consume. Jesus tells us to share. The world wants to use us up. Jesus wants to fill us up. The world tells us that our personal wealth is ours. Jesus tells us to give it away until everyone has enough and not more than enough. There is an uncomfortably vast landscape between, between where we are and where Jesus is asking us to go. On my very first Sunday with you, in August of 2012, I told you some of the wonderful things that you as a community were doing, according to your website, which was my main source at that point. I told you that these things had compelled me to join you. All of this is still true, more so even, as my main source has become you. I still believe that the air in this church is infused with holy molecules infused with prayer because of the depth of the healing prayer ministry. I still feel fed by the transcendently beautiful music week after week. I still feel inspired by the steadfast work of outreach, handcrafts, the Arts Council, the lay Eucharistic visitors, the dedicated church school teachers, the amazing joy and energy of our children and our youth. The list goes on. I see you. I adore you. And you are indeed doing more than the world asks of you. Simply by being here doing all the wonderful things you do. That said, Jesus is asking for more. Jesus is pushing us, you and me, to more. To make space for it, we will need to do less of what the world is asking us to do. Whatever the world commands of us, we must ask, is this thing essential to the mission of love that our baptism commissions us into? If it is not, it is expendable. Right now, the world, the institution of the church actually, has allowed Trinity Church to sit here on Elm Street in a highly resourced town with a new $7 million building, an amazing staff, two gorgeous worship spaces, and the best music this side of Boston, right? And in this great comfort, we worry about whether or not we have enough. And whether or not those among us are doing enough. I have heard more conversations than I can count about what others should be doing. That the office should be open for more hours, that people should be giving more, that there should be a more robust youth group, that younger generations should volunteer more. Ready for this one? That we should be more political. 
that we should be less political. <laughs> I too am guilty of prescribing actions for other people's lives and of seeing scarcity where there is so much abundance. And before I go, I need to say that these should-based conversations and scarcity-based worries are keeping us from seeing where Jesus is urging us to go next. They are a smokescreen blocking us from our fullest potential as agents of God's abundant love. A world of commercialism tells us we don't have enough and a culture of online reviews invites us to comment endlessly on the offerings of other people. Jesus invites us to look inside and find the offering that is asking to be born in us and then look around with pure gratitude at the abundance of what everyone else is offering. There is a striking difference in these two ways to be. And the Jesus way is full of grace, inspires creativity, and leads us to more. You are already amazing. I have actually given you a five-star review online because, <laughs> because the world asked me what I thought. I couldn't imagine a better place to learn how to be a priest. Few, if any, of my seminary colleagues landed in such an affirming, loving, dedicated, inspiring community of fellow travelers. I can't even begin to express my gratitude. And I can't find words to express how deeply I will miss you. If I push you a little today, maybe it's to ease the transition. Maybe it's because I trust you enough to push you. Maybe it's because I know you trust me enough to know that I am pushing myself as much as I am pushing you. But mostly, I push because Jesus' push toward more has gotten stronger as of late. And I would be remiss to not preach that. I truly believe that Jesus loves us just as we are. And I believe, as the writer Anne Lamott often says, that Jesus loves us too much to leave us where we are. We live in this tension, knowing that we are enough and also knowing Jesus asks more of us. We live in this, this tension, loving one another, but parting ways, because Jesus calls each of us to something more. We live in this tension, and in this tension, a light shines forth, a string pulled taunt is strummed, and the everlasting note of God's love pours into the world. Our hearts hear it. We are pushed. And something more is born. Amen. <laughs>